Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, Old Time Music with Cameron DeWitt and Friends. This week's friends are Channing Showalter and Annie Shermer of West of Rhone. We recorded this in February during the Oldie Old Time Festival in Olympia, Washington. Get Up in the Cool is listener-funded. Shout-out to the show's newest Patreon supporter, Matthew Lynn, and a special shout-out, again, to James Adelson for raising their pledge amount. It means a lot to get your support, especially right now. Thank you. Just a couple announcements before we get started. I'm streaming a concert this Saturday, April 25th for Earful in the Parlor, a day-long virtual festival put on by Earful of Fiddle, featuring many former and future guests of Get Up in the Cool. I'm also teaching a banjo workshop earlier in the day for the Old Town School of Folk Music in Chicago and a follow-up workshop the following Saturday. There are links to that festival and those workshops in the show notes, so get your tickets now before they're gone. All right. Enough business. Here's my interview and jam with West of Rhone. Enjoy. to Get Up in the Cool, Channing Showalter, and Annie Shermer. Thank you. Y'all are west of Rhone. Mm -hmm. How long have you been west of Rhone? Five years. The band. West of Rhone band. Five years. (laughs) 
And literally west of Rhone for five years, too. But uh, where is Sobrone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for great, the people listening. Great question. <laughs> who don't know like I do. <laughs> uh, one place that Rhone is is in um, North Carolina, Tennessee state line. There's a place called the Rhone High. Oh, it's in the Rhone Mountain Hilltoppers. Yeah. That Rhone. That, yeah. That's El Rhone. That's, That's El Rhone. Rhone. Yeah. And we did live west of there when we were born as west of Rhone. Okay. In, uh, in Madison County in North Carolina. Okay. Yeah. And also when we came up with the name, we were sort of yearning for home, which is out here in Washington. So we were, yeah, sort of naming it for that place and this one too. So, did you two meet in Washington? Mm-hmm. And you're we both did. from Washington. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which part? Well, I Seattle. am from the Olympic Peninsula. Channing's from Seattle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then you all you went to the East Coast together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we yeah. moved at the same time to to Madison County just to collaborate, basically. Yeah. Why didn't you just collaborate here? <laughs> Why did you move all the way over there? I was living in Tennessee already, actually, for a year. And we hadn't lived in the same place for three or four years. Um, Yeah, it was just one of those turning points, I think, in life where we talked on the phone about projects that we had kind of talked about earlier in our friendship but had never really made happen. And... Mm. Did you play um, together just for fun before? That? Yeah, yeah, we, we did. did. And just whenever we saw each other, there was like about part of a year that we both lived in Bellingham, Washington at the same time, and we met and played music, and um, then we lived in different places and were kind of long-distance friends. Mm. But I think we also both felt the need, um, because I was living in Bellingham before we moved, we both felt the need to be in a new place where we didn't know anybody to just have a completely new experience and and focus on what it would be that we would create together which we didn't know at the time Mm. so i've done that yeah with a marriage but the same thing yeah (laughs) that's why i lived in philly for eight years yeah Yeah. Yeah. it's really i think it's good to be new together in a place and to not be to not be on someone else's turf or something yeah so it felt like we might not make it happen. Like if I just moved back to Washington, yeah. we both have friends here and jo- you know, we would have like jobs or something. I don't know, it just felt like we wouldn't make it a priority. And it, so it became, we moved into a little cabin together. And wow. On yeah. the fireman, we started making, we do a lot of puppetry and stuff, visual art. So we started doing that and music together we spent like a whole winter just kind of pulled up there trying to figure out what it was going to be and yeah seems like you were both committed to not having someone else or somewhere else to like escape to yeah Mm -hmm. yeah you're like no we're gonna like (laughs) be in a cabin together yeah yeah (laughs) it was quite a winter yeah (laughs) cool Yeah. (laughs) yeah And then it turned out to be a really beautiful place to live with. Um, yeah, we were there for three years. I don't think we, either of us knew how long. And in some ways it was sort of heart-wrenching to leave mm-hmm. because it was a special place. But, mm-hmm. yeah. So y'all do 
puppetry mm-hmm. and y'all seem like maybe you make crankies. <laughs> I'm getting we, crankies we energy. You made a cranky once. Made a cranky yeah. yeah. That's but the natural like our, next like, step. <laughs> our like specific inclinations kind of led us to other forms of shadow puppetry, but yeah. it's definitely yeah, a similar like feeling. Yeah. 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 And because we use music yeah. with our puppetry too, it fits well fits well with other people that are doing crankies yeah. um, so because you you also do acapella music you don't just play mm-hmm. fiddles mm-hmm. is that when you get to do puppets when you're singing songs because i imagine it would be it's hard to play fiddle. unless you have yeah. flip control we try to figure this stuff out yeah yeah we sometimes like one of us will play fiddle if there's a fiddle we've done a little bit but mostly we yeah everything is acapella um, yeah, which was, I remember that being really hard at first to operate puppets and sing and think through like what's happening in the show while also hard. singing the yeah. song. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of variables. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did we just play? That tune is called Morningside. Why is it called Morningside? Because I wrote it on a road called Morningside. Um, in Minneapolis. Great. Probably like eight or nine years ago. Yeah. So you didn't just um, make sort of retroactive continuity for like the tune. You weren't just like, I'm going to assign this well, meaning to it later. Actually. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> the tune names are so hard. Did you not actually write it on this road? I did write it on you the did. road. You did? Okay. And I actually wrote it for a stop motion that I made. And it was, it, the stop motion needed something like really slow and mm. not like this tune at all, but this was what came out and I didn't end up using it at all for the stop motion. It was, you know, but yeah, um, it's gone through like four different names yeah. is the truth. Okay. Until, and then I was like, wait, I wrote it on Morningside Road. That's a nice word. It's an evocative word. Yeah. yeah. And it just, the other Probably names just never after. stuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay, good. Yeah. Let's play another tune. Yeah. And then I want to ask each of you how you started playing traditional music and adding to traditional music. Cool. After this. Great. Um, Play a traditional tune. Yeah. Sweet Marie.
Annie, when did you start playing fiddle? Let's see. I um, started playing like violin classically in school in fourth grade, which is when they started teaching it in school. And I didn't get much exposure to fiddle music until after I graduated high school. So I was probably like 19, 20. Um, and then right, that was around the time that I met Channing because I lived in Bellingham and was going to school up there. And I heard a little bit of old time music and got really excited because my my music career until that point had all been kind of from a classical lens and like I felt sort of ambivalent about it. It was something I always did, but I wouldn't say that I loved mm. it or was really passionate about it. Um, mm. I played a little like guitar and singing and I was more passionate about that than this this instrument. But when I started to play fiddle music, I was like, oh, this is what this is for. This is like, this is, this is what this instrument is made to do. I mean, it's made to do all the things, sure. but for me, my access yeah. point and my point of like excitement didn't really open up until that time. Mm. Yeah. And was it with a specific tradition of fiddle music? Old time was the first, yeah. the first doorway, I think. And actually, only old time was the first mm -hmm. old time like festival I went to. I think it was the first year they did it, or second, or something yeah. like that. So how old is it? No. Oh, 12, 12 years? That one says 11, but that's last year's. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, must, yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah, 12 years, yeah. 12 years. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hmm. What about you, Channing? Um, I played cello growing up from a young age. Um, yeah, and I... I really kind of rebelled against it. I mean, I, I played classical music and for about eight of the years that I played, I was like, I hate this. Were you, I don't made, play. Were you made to play the cello? I was made to play the cello. Well, I, it was my choice to begin with when I was seven. I was really, I really loved it. And and they took care of that for you. Yeah, got, got a little warped. Um, I think some parental expectations and yeah. and also just I don't think my parents really had access to any other world of music so they didn't know that even though I grew up mm. in Seattle where there's a pretty thriving traditional music scene of many different kinds yeah. you know it's like they didn't know about that at all and so actually, it was always so much easier for me to learn stuff by ear, and I would kind of like fake my way through yeah. orchestra by like hearing what the ne person next yeah. to me was doing and reading. Music is fine, but it was it's like a whole different brain for me. So yeah, so I quit all music for just a couple of years. I'm really grateful that it didn't last longer. I really thought it would. Was, was that like, a useful break for you? It was, yeah. Hmm. But it, when I quit, I was I just like didn't consider myself a musician at all. And yeah. Then I went on a hitchhiking trip. Yeah, when I was twenty, I think with a with my mom's old violin. Actually, it was like busted, and I went and got it fixed at a luthier and took it on a trip and learned a couple of old time tunes on that trip. One was Liberty. I don't think I remember how to play that anymore. But anyway, yeah, it. It was mind-blowing, I mean, to learn these, like, tunes by ear and realize mm -hmm. that people have been doing that for a long, long time and that it felt, like, within reach for me. But mm -hmm. I also used to play fiddle, like, holding it like a cello, mm -hmm. and I just couldn't get it 
I, it was like so weird feeling to hold it upright, but I agree. Yeah, and I'm not even jealous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's what I took. It's it awkward. took maybe another like year or so, and then when I I was living in Bellingham, but I made some really close friends in Seattle who played like in an old time band, and it was the rest of history. Went to fiddle tunes. <laughs> it was so. It was just so good to see a world where there's multiple generations hanging out and dancing and playing and in a way that wasn't so rigid and wasn't so like just for the musicians to like go and do their specialized thing um which if classical music kind of felt like to me yeah. so mm-hmm. yeah the binary about like who gets who's a participant and not right yeah yeah uh can, can be can be toxic right. for everyone involved. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm really grateful actually that I mean now like learning fiddle for me was I had a huge leg up in having played a bowed instrument sure. before but that I didn't have the kind of baggage around fiddle that I had with cello so it, the it, emotional stuff yeah. so it was yeah it was a really nice entry point and now at this point I'm like cello is so beautiful and I'm getting into playing it again mm. so Okay. Just took a decade. So, <laughs> in the in that in that little break where you're like, I'm not a musician, but then you mm-hmm. decided to take a hitchhiking trip. Wh- where was the fiddle from again? How did you acquire? My it? mom had one that okay. she played at, like as a kid, yeah. and then it was just kind of broken, like in our closet for my whole childhood. And yeah. I knew that it was a really beautiful fiddle. And so my I went on the trip with some friends, and they brought like guitars, and I was like, okay, I'll bring this miniature cello I kind of know how to play that yeah and was that just born out of like they're going to be spending time playing music and mm-hmm. I want to be able to participate yeah yeah and I think I just I think I could feel that it was a pretty big part of me that I was trying to not mm-hmm. think about you know or, but it felt it felt like a way of connecting with those friends like I could kind of tell that 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 was a way that we could share things and also share with people mm. that we were meeting while we were traveling so what kind of music were they playing they were mostly playing like original songs yeah so i would play some fiddle so you had space to stuff. to wander mm-hmm. i would imagine yeah, yeah and that's when i was like holding it like a cello and so i could like do vibrato like uh-huh. if it was a cello you know if i held it like this i couldn't do vibrato and i like still had the mindset that that was like the only way to sound good or something sure for a little while yeah so <laughs> Yeah. Hmm. Well, this next tune, Annie, is this your, one of your tunes? It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? What? I can't. I forgot the title, and I can't read it's it from called, here. <laughs> it's called Molly's Cut My Hair. I was yeah. at Fiddle Tunes this last year, actually, in June in uh, Port Townsend or July, um, and I was looking out at the ocean and started writing a tune on the sea, you know, and uh, I'd had a dream the night before that my sister, whose name is Molly, had cut my hair and it just like felt really good and somehow the emotion of that dream like came into the writing of the tune Mm. and 
it's in there. So it's like a positive title. Yeah. It's not like a, you know, bad kind of haircut. It's like yeah. a good haircut dream. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can hypothetically imagine having one of those. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I have a weird amount of haircut dreams. I haven't figured out what that's about. Annie, Annie's hair grows, like, amazingly fast. It's uh-huh. one of her magical powers. <laughs> so even if it did get all cut off, it would grow back within... Not a very long time. Just mm. a day. Really. Just a day. <laughs> Just have like a high, high jello diet. Yeah, yeah. that must be it. <laughs> All the jello you eat. <laughs> uh, I'm going to ask you more questions about this dream. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, was it like a positive, like inspiring dream because you were just like, damn, this is a good haircut? Or was it like, <laughs> or is it more about the process of having, you said it, your sister is yeah, uh-huh. Okay. Or is it more about the process of like being taken care of by another mm, interesting. person? Interesting. That's a good question. I think both. I think like that release when you, there's something maybe that you feel like hair or skin or anything that people in the world see yeah. you might have a lot wrapped up in like perceptions. I don't know if I do. I'm sure we all do. But anyway, so there's that release of like, you know, you do it. Also, my sister is living in Virginia, um, so there's that like distance, and maybe yeah. that, maybe in the emotion of the two and the like back and forth yearning for like when we were living in North Carolina, there's this strong pull to come back west, and that was the same time my sister moved east. So there's this like, yeah. just the feeling of your heartstrings being stretched across space and time, mm. but but music feels like it it really like speaks to that and somehow can be can be joyful while like acknowledging the acknowledging the sorrow somehow in in there so yeah yeah. okay final question yeah about this (laughs) has she actually cut your hair before or did your brain just create that situation like this is an intimate moment like with my sister she has never cut my hair yeah so only in dream yeah (laughs) would you let her cut yeah, it, your question. hair. I, That's a follow-up question. Good, but I'm always a younger sister. I bet, so yeah, I, my I, older I, sister's <laughs> cut my hair before, Sarah. Yeah. But uh, I, I'm sure I would. Yeah? Yeah. I can say that. I don't know about the reality. <laughs> we can cut this out later <laughs> if you want this to stricken from the record. Um, yeah. I love my sister dearly. I absolutely would not let her cut my hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would I would let my sister cut my hair. Now yeah. maybe. Yeah. Maybe not when you were like Maybe 10. not in childhood, <laughs> but now, yeah. yeah. She's got a good eye. She's a metalsmith. So A metalsmith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She sounds cool as hell. She's, She's cool. Really as hell. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she plays banjo. Yep. Yeah. Molly, this one's for you. <laughs> cool. I will try to let that inform my playing, but I'm mostly just going to try to not mess up your tune. <laughs> your special tune. Just, <laughs> just feel it out. It'll be fine.
That's even sweeter than Sweet Marie. Yeah. <laughs> even sweeter. <laughs> it's really good. Sweeter. Yeah. Never wrote a sweet tune before that. <laughs> <laughs> All just dirty, nasty yeah. tunes. Yeah. All really minory sounding. Yeah. This one was sweet. Yeah. Good. Mm, yeah. Well, will will you two sing something for me yeah. and give me a? I've been peek behind the curtain. I've been, uh, this is the 11th one that I've recorded in, I think, nine days. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I need to just listen to <laughs> some music Great. instead of play it. Great. <laughs> sing yeah. me something. We love to sing. It's our yeah. favorite. I want to do Yarrow. Yeah. Is this one of the child ballads you it were is. telling me about? Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. the Dewey Dens of Yarrow. We couldn't remember what number it is in the, 214. In the book. 214. Mm -hmm. Good job, and, Janie. And you just told me about this, but child not meaning about children necessarily. Right. This, from, although a lot of them are about A lot children. of them are. Sure. Yeah. This um, fellow named Francis Child who yeah. was from Boston and went over to uh, the British Isles and collected a bunch of songs mm. in the late 1800s I, I think around then are they are the melodies transcribed as well as the words or is it just word collections or well mostly it's words there's a few little melody points in there mm. but a lot of scholarship has been done since then to go and uh, track down the melodies oh. and a person named I think his name is Bertrand Bronson wrote uh, who was a professor in Northern California one of contemporary of Kathy and Carol who's a oh, great yeah. duo that we are informed by. Anyway, he did a book that was more focusing on the popular melodies and transcribing them and tracking their roots mm. a little bit more thoroughly. Because at the time, even when the songs were being collected, like folk music wasn't academically respected, even to the point where the melodies weren't considered important. Right. That so makes sense. Yeah. They weren't even notated a lot yeah. of the time. Hmm. Yeah. So, but luckily, some some of them have lived, and this is one of them. 
Yeah, it's changed shape a lot over time, I think, and this version we learned mostly from Tim Erickson's cool. singing, um, which he has a really beautiful version of it. I think he plays fiddle. Mm. And then we added harmonies and our own, I don't know, I haven't heard his for a long time, so it's probably pretty different. And yeah. then there's another verse by Amita Riddle sings. A, yeah. Um, I think she calls it Yara or Willie Deer or something. It's a really different melody, but similar story. Hmm. So we have a verse from from her also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want to pitch it? Sure. Higher? No, 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 And I fear it means sorrow I dreamed I was pulling the heather green On the bonny banks of the Yarrow Oh sister dear, I can read your dream Read it in grief and sorrow Your true love child lies dead and gone in the dewy dens of Yarrow. She's wrung her hands and she's tore her hair, all in grief and sorrow. She's tore a blue ribbon from out her hair that she did receive in Yarrow. It's over hill over dale and through the stream so narrow till she's came upon her true love john all dead and gone in yarrow her hair it was three quarters long the color it was yellow She's wrapped it round his middle so small And she's pulled him home from Yarrow Daughter dear, why do you weep All in grief and sorrow I could wed you to a much nobler man than the one you lost in Yarrow. Oh, Father dear, you have seven sons. You could wed them all tomorrow. But the fairest flower among them all is the one I lost in Yarrow. Is the one I lost in Yarrow. Well, now I'm all bummed out. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm sad. <laughs> Shoot. Uh, Sorry, that's what we do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we sing a lot of sad. Hey, here's something. What when, when I was watching you two sing, I thought that 
one of you is singing the melody until about 30 seconds before the end of the song. Uh, and then I realized that it was the other. And I, that's a compliment, <laughs> I guess. We actually traded the melody a part way through. Ah, but it was the like prestige. the prestige or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I could not tell. Neat. <laughs> yeah. It's probably especially, yeah, because we we're both doing a low harmony mm-hmm. when we're singing harmony. It's slightly different, but mm-hmm. so we're switching into the same, like, same rate. Yeah, the harmony is within the same range as the other person's, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Did, how, how much did you, did you two sound like each other? Well, here, well, mm-hmm. I have a lot of questions about this. Okay, so, do you, do you sing this way when you sing with each other? And do you sing very differently when you're not? Mm. First question. Mm. Second question is, to, to what extent were you able to blend like this right away? Like how mm. much of it is just anatomy and what the instruments you have and how much of it is just like uh, your agency as like control over your instruments? Good question. I mean, I think there was an instant spark that like became our friendship mm. the first time we sang together. We were like our voices feel good together I think that was that that spark but we just listened to a recording in the car driving up here uh, on a cassette tape that we made when we first like the first song we ever wrote together like more than 10 years ago Um, and I hear a lot more difference in our voices but Mm -hmm. I also hear moments where I'm like oh yeah I'm singing the melody and I'm like no wait that was Channing so I don't know I think it's both I think we've learned to blend but there's always been a a resonance that is compatible. I would say in answer to the question if we sing differently when we're not singing together. I think I think we I think both of us try to sing in our voice like our kind of like this feels like our true voices as much as it can be. Hmm. And that's like always, you know, we try to do that alone or yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I guess there's adjustments that you would make for different singers when you're singing with other people, but yeah voices just blend they do that on their own kind of Mm. over time yeah (laughs) i don't don't feel like it was our work our voices did it yeah yeah it's like a a couple that starts to look like each other yeah (laughs) 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 sometimes we're like cool at the same time (laughs) (laughs) or like show up wearing the same outfits like didn't plan that haven't seen each other for a month still happens (laughs) Pretty, pretty spooky, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh. yeah. Well, we, we have one more to do. Well, two more. One more musical moment to do, but you're going to sing a song going in mm-hmm. to a tune that I'll join you for. Before we do that, we have to tune stuff. Mm-hmm. But before we even do that, where do people go to hear more of your music in person or to find out when you're going to do it in person or recorded yeah you said something about cassettes do you have cassettes for sale (laughs) okay i wish we did (laughs) it was how we used to record like before we had any like phone or recording device annie had a tiny little cassette Mm. recorder thing that you could record on so yeah i've always been low tech yes (laughs) but now we have a website, um, which is westofrone.com, yeah. and there's a link on there to our band camp where you can download our 
album uh, or you can order a physical copy which is cool because we also make visual art and so our album has a booklet of visual art with full lyrics to all the songs um, so yeah I was looking at that earlier and um, yeah it's really cool uh, there aren't that many reasons to own physical CDs anymore so right. if you're gonna make one it makes sense to have it yeah. be a cool object to look at mm -hmm. and yeah. your, yours is so good Thanks. work. <laughs> Thanks for making the the medium still relevant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Physical things. Pretty pretty cool. Yeah. We just taught singing workshops this weekend at Holy Old Time and we've been really it's been something that we've loved doing and we're we also perform, but both of those things were um we don't have anything coming up, but we just have had such good good workshops like last a couple weeks ago in Bellingham and now here and are wanting to make that happen more it's so fun to sing with a group of people so yeah mm -hmm. definitely it's it's the like closest thing you can probably get to doing therapy without having yeah. you know being yeah. in debt to get your license yeah. totally yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. I don't know science is catching up to humans <laughs> showing that singing yeah, yeah. together with other people is physically healing to your yeah. body and your brain so it's important yeah it's really important you also have an instagram although sort of mixed feelings in, in some ways about contributing to like the, the scrolling of everybody's <laughs> minds like not yeah. really wanting that we post you know once every three months yeah and we do a show which is about how often we perform right now. <laughs> sure. Yeah. 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 So follow at your own risk. <laughs> yeah. 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 You might have to see a picture and scroll to find it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, yeah, let's get into tune for this next one. Trim the wick, light the shadow on the wall. The old moon now has waned. It's dark around us all. Come follow. To the forest we must go. Sing a song. Draw a circle
West of Rhone has a live stream performance coming up May 10th with Frontier Home. They're going to do some musical shadow puppetry, and other artists are contributing classes and performances. You can find out more on West of Rhone's Facebook page. Other than that, buying their albums on Bandcamp is the best way to directly support West of Rhone right now. Also check out Annie's Etsy shop, A Door in the Forest, where she sells some really cool stuff. You can register for my streaming workshops with the Old Town School of Folk Music at their website, oldtownschool.org, and buy a ticket for my streaming concert with Earful in the Parlor at earfuloffiddle.com festival this Saturday, April 25th, and maybe get a day pass so you can check out some of the other awesome sets. You can support Get Up in the Cool at patreon.com slash getupinthecool, and you can buy Get Up in the Cool merch by following the link in this episode's show notes. Make sure to like and follow Get up in the cool on facebook so you can see the video i posted from this episode and share it with everyone you know check out pitchforkbanjo.com for my instructional banjo series and check out my other podcast think outside the box set it's available in all the same places as get up in the cool everything i just mentioned is linked in the show notes for this episode in your podcast app that's all for now friends thanks for listening come back same time next week to get up in the cool